I want to talk to you today, uh, probably on several different uh, occasions. Uh, my goal in life is to make it to the other side. How about you? That's, that's, that's your goal in life. This, this, this place is going to get worse and worse. And it's going to become so bad during the tribulation period that it's going to be millions of people during that time is going to turn their hearts over to Jesus Christ, but they're going to wish they had done it before the rapture of the church. And if you're not where you are to be with God, he's just a few words away. He's a merciful God. He loves you and he cares for you. I don't care what's going on in your life. He, he knows all about it. And I'm going to talk about some of these things I, in Mark 6, 45-52, they give us, Mark gives us a good story. Uh, I guess if I had a, a, a title for this, it would be the contrary winds and Satan's opposition because you're going to get opposition from Satan. You might as well make up your mind to it. And this is what you might not agree with. But a lot of times, God allows it. And there's a purpose in our life sometimes to us to go through trials and go through things where we can grow. But Mark 6, 45 through 52, And straightway he constrained his disciples to get into the ship and to go to the other side before unto Bethsaida, while he sent, them, sent away the people. And when he had sent them away, he departed into the mountains to pray. And when even evening was come, the ship was in the midst of the sea, and he alone on the mountain on the land. And he he saw them toiling and rowing. Don't you notice that? They, and I'll bring it out, but one scholar says they were two and a half miles out, and they're like six miles to go. He's on the mountain. He knew what was going on in their life, and he knows what's going on in your life. For the wind was contrary unto them, and about the fourth watch of the night he cometh unto them, walking upon the water, and he would have passed by them. But when they saw him walking upon the sea, they supposed it had been a spirit and cried out. Now, let me stop here. I'm going I'm to go slow with all this. It's important when we recognize God. When we recognize Jesus. Whatever situation we're in, whatever comes our way, we, it's important to know that he is with us and we need to recognize that. For they all saw him and were troubled and immediately he talked with them and said unto them, Be of good cheer. It is I, be not afraid. And he went up unto them into the ship and the wind ceased. And they were so amazed in themselves beyond measure and wondered, for they considered not the miracle of the loaves, for their heart was hardened. Let us pray. Father, we thank you today for the word of God. We ask your blessings upon your word. We ask for your anointing. Without you, we can do nothing. And God, I ask that you bless us together today with your word and help us, God, to grow in the grace of the almighty God. And we'll give you praise and we'll give you grace. In Jesus' name, amen. There's something I want you to note that happened before this sermon passage. The disciples and Jesus had been bombarded by people. Now, we don't have that problem. Amen? 
But one day, we're going to have that problem. God's going to bring people to the Lord. But they got so tired of people surrounding them. And, and uh, does that surprise you that Jesus got weary? But he did. So he said to them, let's go. I know where there's a deserted place. Let's go over there and let's rest a while. Well, they didn't get to rest because the people looked to see where they were going. And next thing you know, they had the same big multitude all around them again. Uh, it seems there's no rest for the weary. Can you say amen? But when they got through praying for people and healing people and teaching these people the things that God wanted them to know, one of the disciples came up to him and said, hey, it's getting late. I'm putting it in my own words now. It's time for them to leave and go into the city and buy themselves something to eat. And Jesus said something amazing to them, shocking to them. He said, you feed them. We feed them? Yeah. And that wouldn't have been too shocking if Jesus said, I'll feed them. But he said, you feed them. How are we going to feed them? All we got is five loaves of bread, I think is what it is, and two fish. He said, well, give it to me. And he gave it to them. And he fed, he, he prayed over it, he broke it up, he blessed it, he broke it up, he gave it to them, and he fed over 5,000 men, not even counting the women and the children. And I'll assure you, there were more women and children there than there were men. You know, when we look at the world and see how few we are, because that's what they saw, Five loaves of bread, two fishes, and probably up to 10,000 people? How, how are we going to do that? Look, look at the world today. Look how many people are lost. How are we going to feed them? We're going to do it the same way Jesus did it with them, with the miraculous power of God being manifested in our life, and we're going to feed them. It's not up to Jesus to feed them. It's up to us to feed them. But some things have to take place. I know it seems impossible, but I'm not looking for a decline. I'm looking for an incline. I mean, an increase in people giving their heart to Jesus Christ. But if it happens, it'll happen with the church. I want to say something so bad right now, but I'm just going to withhold myself. Because I'll tell you, a lot of these churches quit being the church. Yeah. And I wouldn't stand in their socks for their shoes. And I ain't talking about the members. I'm talking about the preachers. Jesus said, you feed them. But Jesus did something. I want you to note these things. The Bible says Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he blessed them. Then he broke it. And he allowed the disciples to feed the multitude with more than enough. 
because they had leftovers. You know something? That's all we have to do is allow God to bless us and break us. Now, the blessing us comes real good. We like that. When he held that bread and those fish up and he blessed them, that's all right. Amen. But when he began to break them and hand them out, they thought, Lord, what is going on here? How are you going to do this? He couldn't have done it any other way but except be broken. And I'm going to tell you something. The church needs to be broken. You listen to me. We need to be broken away from the things that we love, things that we desire in our own lives. You may be blessed of God, and that's wonderful, but you'll never bless anybody else until you are broken by God himself. We don't like that. I could spend 30 minutes here on being blessed and you'd be clapping your hands and raising your hands and shouting your hands and then whatever else. But I'm going to tell you something. We're blessed. But now God needs to break us. Let's look at this situation after the feeding when Jesus sent them to the other side of the sea now. Boy, they were so happy. They were blessed. Man, do you see this? We fed almost 10,000 people with, woo, glory. Did we not have a service last Sunday? Isn't it wonderful? Something Jesus said to them, said, y'all get in the boat and go to the other side. Well, I sent them away. Well, I imagine when they got in that boat, they really got to talking about it. What a miracle. What a service. Come on. God was sending them to the other side. And when we get to it, you're going to find out God had some, a reason to send them to the other side. And you're going to find out today when God sends you somewhere, the devil is going to expose himself to you and he's going to do everything he can do to stop you from doing what God wants you to do. But I want to tell you something. The devil can't outdo God. He can outdo Jerry Langford, but he can't outdo God. God takes those same things the devil does and does what I talked about. He breaks us. You hear me? Listen closely to what I'm saying to you because God gave this to me. God sent them over to the other side, there's a reason. You'll hear it later. But they run into this contrary wind, this great storm. At the opposition of Jesus' command. Everything's wonderful while the Spirit of the Lord's moving, but when things get a little quiet and our trials come on us, we begin to question God. Why did he send us over here? Why isn't he with us? Well, I got news. He's always with you. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. You may not see him, but he's always with us. He saw him in the storm and he was on the mountain. 
He's sitting on the throne of grace tonight and he sees the storms that you and I go through. And while the devil's trying to make it something bad, God will make it something good. Because we grow through our trials. We get closer to God, not when we feel the Spirit of God. You just have to forgive me because I've been in it a long time and I've seen when God really did bless us is when we got the most slack in our life. He'd like to bless you. There's two mountains to make one valley. Come on, he'd love to do it that way, but sometimes it just doesn't work that way in our lives. When the trials come, how many of you ever had trials? Let me see your hand if you had trials. Did you like it? Did you like rowing that boat as hard as you could row it and you wasn't getting anywhere? No. What I'm trying to tell you, you might not believe it, but God uses the devil's opposition sometime to help break us and make us what God wants us to be. Praise the Lord. Part of the breaking process. I'm going to tell you, when God calls you, when God gives you something to do or sends you somewhere, you're going to run into opposition at the devil. Let's look what again on Mark 6, 53 and 56. And when they had passed over, they came to the land of Genereset and drew, and drew to shore. And when they come to the ship straightway, they knew him, talking about the people. And they ran through the whole region round about him again to what? To carry about the beds, those that were sick, where they uh, heard he was. And whithersoever he entered into a village or a city or a country, they laid their sick in the streets and besought him that they might touch, uh, if it were but the border of his garment, and as many as touched him were made whole. Well, you're getting at, Brother Lamford. That's what I'm getting at. When we're on a journey, when we're going on our way to get on to the other side, that God's got some things he wants to do and manifest himself in our lives. And Jesus came. We're going to get on walking on the sea in just a minute. But Jesus had a purpose for them to go over to the other side. That's what I want you to understand. God puts a purpose in our heart. We don't just come to church to say, oh, well, I went to church Sunday. We come to church to hear from God and to help us and some be taught that God is with us and that we're going to face some trials. I've been going through more trials in the last year than I have in my entire life. But I'm telling you, God is a winner every time. And he devil is not going to get me down with it and he ought not get you down with it. No matter where God sends us, we're going to run into those contrary winds. I've seen people come to vaginal, no doubt God sent them here. But when the wind of opposition start coming, the breaking process began. They, like the disciples, began to doubt if God really sent them over. They did. 
See, we like the blessing, but we don't like the breakings. Breaking comes with blessings, and blessings come with breaking. I love to be in a good service. I do. And God gives us good services. I'd tell you, go visit some of these other churches that says they're Pentecostal. I'm afraid they'd suck you in with a ball game. Man, you just don't know how I feel like preaching this morning. I just, when I was doing this, I just thought, I wonder what the disciples' conversation was. I I don't know, but knowing some of them's characteristics, I, I bet it was something. When the storm was blowing so hard and Jesus was not to be seen anywhere, and they left shore with such a great miraculous blessing, and now all of a sudden they're right in the middle of a storm. Wind kicks up in the Sea of Galilee. No doubt they said, I don't understand. He sent us over here to the other side, and we're having this storm. Come on, get with me this morning. You know that that's what happens in your life from time to time. You don't understand. God says, go to the other side, and then when you get almost there or getting close away from where you're supposed to be, you end up being discouraged. First, they was talking about the miracles. I, I could just hear old brother Peter right now. Hey, Matthew, how about you? Rowing just a little bit harder. Matthew said, I'm rowing as hard as I can. Thomas said, we ain't going to make it. There's always a Thomas in the crowd, ain't it? We ain't going to make it. We're going to die. Thank God for the Johns. He probably said, he loves us and he'll rescue us. That's our attitude in the time of storm. Regardless of what is coming our way, God loves us. We belong to him. We don't belong to the devil. We don't belong to the pastor. We don't belong to people. We belong to him. Jesus paid a price for us. And I'll tell you, if you'll just hang in there, Jesus will come walking on the water when you need him. Oh, hallelujah. One scholar said they had only made two and a half miles and like six to go. You reckon Judas says, let's turn around and go back. Huh? We're closer to the other side. Let's go back. In times of trials, you feel that way. And you may be that way. But all of a sudden, they saw somebody walking on the water. I like to think that I would have recognized immediately and said it was Jesus. I'm glad he picked those he picked. Because some of them was dumb as a box of rocks. 
And some of us is dumb as a box of rocks. When we should be thinking one thing, we're thinking another. He didn't go out and pick out the most brilliant people he could find or the most so-called religious people. He picked people like he picked. I'm telling you, Jesus knew everything that was going to happen. They saw him. You know, Jesus don't, didn't need a boat to get to them. How are they going to get to us? We can't even move ourselves. How are they going to get a boat out here to us? I'm going to tell you, Jesus is a wave walker, my friend. He does the impossible. And he does the impossible in our life. And when they saw him walking uh, upon the sea, they supposed he had been a spirit, and they cried out. And they all saw him were troubled. (laughs) Explain that to me. I'm in a storm. I think the ship's going to sink any time. And Jesus comes walking on the water and I'm troubled. And see, you sometimes you think you got trouble with your faith. But I'm going to tell you, majority of those 12 had trouble with their faith. They didn't even believe when Mary come and said, hey, he is risen again. He didn't tell them that about a hundred times. He's going to be crucified and he's going to be resurrected. I'll tell you something else he told us. He told us he's coming back for us and he is coming back for us. Just hold on. It could happen this afternoon. Oh, bless his holy name. Doesn't matter the storm. He said, I'll never leave you. I'll never forsake you. He'll go with us all the way. But there's something else about this story that Mark did not write about something about something before Jesus got into the ship something great and wonderful happened no matter matter what we encounter God's mission there are opportunities even during the storms to see the power of God work what are you talking about Matthew 14, 27, 33. And straightway Jesus said unto them, spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I, be not afraid. And Peter, oh Peter. Now let's face it, you better hope you're a lot like Peter. Because you'll end up at least on the winning side. Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thy, bid me to come to thee on the water. And he said, come. Now, if you'd been listening to the other voice, the other voice would have said, you'll sink, you'll drown, they'll never find your body out here in this. Jesus said, come. And Peter And he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on water to go to Jesus. 
That ain't the part we emphasize. That ain't the part we look at. This is the part we look at. But when he saw the wind burst, he was afraid and began to sink, and he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and called him and said unto him, O thy little faith, where didst thou doubt? And when they were come to the ship, the wind ceased. Then they, were, then they that were in the ship came and worshipped him, saying, Of the truth thou art the Son of God. There's a thought in there I, I wish I could bring out. It's not an amazing thing for us to think that Jesus could walk on water. He created it. Everything you see, he created it. God said, do this, he did it. All things were made by him. There's nothing made that was not made by him. So, even though it's probably an amazing thing that Jesus walked on the water, it's more an amazing thing to know that Peter did. And he did it through his faith in Jesus Christ. As long as he kept his eyes on Jesus and quit looking at the problem, quit questioning your salvation, Hello. He quit looking at Jesus and he saw, oh, what am I doing out here? Began to sink. Jesus, a lot of people might want to say Jesus was scolding him, but I don't think Jesus was. I think Jesus was just correcting him. He said, oh, dear little faith, where did you doubt? He's already walking. I don't know how far he walked. He might have walked from here to the road before he sank. But nowhere, by, nowhere else in the Bible, and nobody else has ever walked on water besides Jesus, is Peter. He's the only one that walked. And we criticize him about sinking. Hello? He sank, yeah. You know why we always emphasize that? Because that's what we do all the time. We're always sinking. Always looking at the bad side of it. All things work together for the good of them that love the Lord who are called according to his purpose. I don't care what you're going through. I don't care what kind of problem you're having. I don't care if it's almost driving you crazy like it does me sometimes. God's got a reason. Isn't it wonderful? I hate when people say, I got cancer. It's terrible. But isn't it wonderful when God heals them of that cancer? If nothing was ever wrong, then there would be no need of a miracle. Something has to be wrong you have to be sick to be healed. Amen. You have to have something bad going wrong in your life to have a miracle. Give us a miracle, God. You better watch what you're asking for. 
And I've seen God heal cancer. I know what he can do. Didn't need to know a whole house believing neither one. God's in the healing business. And the reason he is is because we get sick. And we get sick because the devil afflicts us. Let me ask you a question. Would you rather be in the boat or out in the sea holding Jesus' hand? Hmm? Oh, he had a frightful time. But as I said, nobody else has ever experienced that one experience. Holding the master's hand. Walking him back to the boat. We don't know how far it was. I mean, I think sometimes we think it's like, you know, two steps in the end, but I don't think it's that way. I think they walked. I think he went, he walked on water. If I said, boom, boom, begin to sink, you couldn't say I walked. But if I walked from here to the road or every high far and didn't sink, then you could say he walked on water. I tell you, they thought he was crazy. But all Peter was doing is using them eagle wings. You don't. You ain't never read much about the eagle. You need to read something about him. This is a lesson of faith for all of us. Lord, if it be thy Bid me to come to thee on the water. I don't guess there's a way to compare miracles. A miracle's a miracle. But if they never had the storm, they would have never had the miracle. I know the other ones, they thought he was insane. And he said, come, and Peter was come down out of the ship. He walked on water to Jesus. And when he saw the wind bore us, when he saw the waves, he saw all the things, he was afraid and began to sink. He cried, saying, Lord, save me. One of Satan's greatest weapons is fear. Fear. Afraid what might happen. There's two good lessons here. Take, don't take your eyes off of Jesus. And when you act in faith, he'll always save you, even if you fail. Isn't that a wonderful God? The reason we don't act in faith sometimes is because we're afraid of failure. I've told this story before, but can't even think of the preacher's name. Little uh, Wigglesworth, he prayed for a girl that had a bad goiter. A long time ago, lack of certain things would give you goiters. You don't hardly see that anymore, but 
She had this huge gorter right here on her neck. He prayed for her. She went home and told her mother that God had healed her. And the mother said, oh, well, that's great. Two years later, she would come down in the morning and said, God has healed me of my uh, uh, gorter. The mother said, and I'm going to tell you something. You've been saying that for two years, and I don't want to hear you say that again. Don't you say that one more time, because you wasn't healed. And she said, but I was. And the next morning, she come down for breakfast, and guess what she didn't bring with her? Her gorder. Amen? If we don't get an instant healing... We think we're not healed. If it don't happen right here, we go back and sit down and say it ain't going to happen. Give God time. I can show you more places. I'll show you where Jesus had to pray for somebody twice. Quit getting locked into our own self and our own way of thinking and read what thus saith the word of God. As I said, Jesus wasn't rebuking Peter. I'm closing, and I'm not going to make you stand up and preach to you 10 more minutes. So my advice, y'all don't blame Jonathan for that because he learned that from me. <laughs> but here's, here's, here's seven things I want to give you some advice on. First, realize that even if God sends us, there still may be opposition. I thought about Andrew and Anna. They ain't even got there. They over there. And I guarantee you, they have had a lot of surprises since they've been over there. We think sometimes when God does this or does that, God sends us and nothing ain't going to happen. But God's in this. <laughs> well, I'll tell you something else. The devil is too. He's trying to hinder it. He's trying to stop it. Number two, always keep in mind what he has already done for you, for us, what God has done for us. I could sit here and give you my testimony and, and tell you and show you three times where he saved my life. And two of those times you would have said it's impossible. If you want to know what's wrong with me, I had a brain operation when I was 10 years old. Got my head caved in. Doc said he won't ever wake up from the operation. My mother said, what if he did? Does. Well, he, he just, his mind will never be right. He won't, he, he, he'll have uh, spells. He'll, and she went, he went, every time he'd say something, she'd say, well, what if that don't happen? He thought my mama was a nut. I guarantee he did. But guess what? I woke up from the operation. Amen. I never had any seizures. Hello? Only thing God left on me is a big old used squat, uh, scar where they operated on me. And a sunken place in my head where I ain't got any bone. 
You say, that's all bad. No, what? You would know, be surprised how many whippings I got out of with that. give up we have come too far to turn around it may seem like the world is closer and I don't know where this guy got all of his information but nevertheless I know one thing we're one day closer than what it was And as I read my Bible and I see the way this world's acting, I don't see why he hadn't already come. But he's coming. Number four, note this. He will always come to us. Sometimes it might be in the form of a person. First church I pastored, Went down, we started it, rented an old house. The guy over me in the church kept telling me that I wasn't going to do it. And God had told me that I was. In fact, he told me four years prior to that, I stopped in Pleasant Grove. You heard me tell this. At a light, and God said, you'll build a church in this town. And I said, God, I can't build a doghouse. Now, if he said that to Hank... That would make a whole lot more sense because there ain't no better carpenter than him. And I went on. I forgot about it. I went into the Church of God out of the Simmons. My pastor was down there talking to the guy that does this in the, for the whole state. Guess what he asked him? You think he'd be interested in starting a church in Pleasant Grove? Now, what kind of odds is it to that? Tell me. I done forgot. Brother Shelton come back and said, this is what he asked. And, I, and then the next, I was at that red light again. I said, tell him, yeah. Tell him, yeah. And I did. We did. People did. And I got a family in there that tried to tear it completely up, but it's still in existence. They told every lie in hell they could tell on me and others. I survived it, I thought, until I quit pastoring and moved to Forestdale, and I just said, I'm not, this is it, I'm through with it. It's over with. I sent my license in. You see why I can preach about it? I sent my license in. That was it. Burn all my books. My sermon books, except I missed a few of them. Just later on, I was glad I did. What did God say to me? Nothing that I can remember. Somebody knocked on my door. I went to open the door, and it was my pastor. He 
said, I just come down and see how you was doing. I felt like coming down and talking to you. I want you to just come on up to my church and let God heal you. And I said, I'm through. I sent my license in. I'm through with it. Now, this don't sound like much. But this is what he said to me. I am not having that. And when he said that, something changed in me. Hello? He don't always have to come walking on the water. He don't always have to perform a miracle. Sometimes he'll send a brother or sister in Christ and help you. Number six, got two more. The storm will end when it has fulfilled its purpose. Are you telling me that God sends these storms in our life? No, I'm telling you that God allows them to be sent into your life for your good. Let's say you got a baby and you put it in a baby bed. You never let it get out of there. What do you think it's going to be like? We have to have experiences. We got to take the baby steps and learn how to walk. We got to be spanked every once in a while. Mine's a little bit more than every once in a while. Until I got my head kicked in. Deserved every one of them. Everything you comes to your way is for your good. And you need to remember that. The seventh. If you want the blessings, be willing to accept the breaking. We like the blessings. Man, I do. I watched a little old girl, 10 years old, somewhere like that, 9 or 10, in front of a pulpit and a service that lasted about five hours. And for three solid hours, that girl danced in the spirit of God and never stopped. Yeah. You try it. You try doing it. I say an hour. Everything was over, and we just sitting there in amazement watching her just, them hands up and her praising God. And But she had some problems later. She had some sickness later. Stand with me, if you will. Paul said something. Now I'm closing with this as they come. Paul said, if we suffer with him, we shall also reign with him. So many times people come to the altar, and the next thing you got a problem, and they're gone. They're away from God. You're going to have problems. You're going to have trials. Just obey God. Sister Smith, come on up here. We're going to pray for your, your foot, or you want us to come back there to you? Okay, come on up. Anybody else need prayer? You got a sickness? You got a problem? You got a trial? You 
whatever's going on, prayer changes it. God will help you.